Welcome to the Circuit Magazine podcast. This week, we're looking at cybersecurity for executive protection professionals, why you don't have to be a rabbit in a headlight. Welcome to the Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Adam Rowe here with the Circuit Magazine podcast. We're here with Sean West, John Moss, and Elijah Shaw. Today, we're talking about why cyber security should not be scary for the physical and EP specialists. We're going to be talking to James Bohr. He's done a fantastic article very, very recently in the Circuit Magazine about phishing. What a big topic and what an important time to realize that the skill set of the EP professional has no limits. What do you think, Elijah? I mean, I'm looking forward to this just because this is one of those topics where, you know, I feel like half of the stuff from the guys that really know it goes over my head. So I'm always looking forward to somebody who can kind of break it down, uh, make it applicable to me. And I think it's really important to the uh, security professional to kind of, you know, you don't have to grasp everything or, but you need to have a, a good general understanding of this and then know who to call if you need help. I love it. I'm going to use that. The who you're going to call strategy. It's it's perfect. You know, you, you may not, might not need to be a TSCM specialist, but you know who to call to do a sweep. Uh, John, you remember we've been doing the uh, Executive Security Close Protection Technology Forum for a while now. And when I started, I would invite people. I'd say, would you like to speak on a panel? They go, yeah. What's it about? I said, executive protection. They said, fantastic. What else? Physical security. Fantastic. What else? Well, we're also talking about technology. No, let me stop you there. <laughs> people people genuinely stopped me and said, I can't join your panel. I'm not a technology expert. I said, I don't want you to be a technology expert. Anyway, this is the thing that James is trying to dispel. And of course, we've come a long way. People are a lot more open to talk about it. Uh, what, 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 what are you hoping to get out of this interview, John? Yeah, to not be one of those people who, when they hear technology is coming up to freeze in the headlights like a startled bunny, right? That, that's what I don't want. So this is the best place to start listening to podcasts like this. The article that James had in issue 55 on fishing and that we discuss in this interview events like what you mentioned with the Convergence Forum. I'm, I'm one of those people. I, I feel myself stiffen up a bit when I hear a subject like cybersecurity because I'm aware that I don't know as much about cybersecurity as I do physical security. And in the past, that never really bothered me. However, in today's world, it's intertwined into everything we do and you can't get away from it. The thing, the thing that I find weird is you guys, AP professionals, fundamentally, you're good at reading people. You need to be good at reading people and judging what they're going to be doing. And in end effect, phishing and a lot of these cyber threats are similarly about reading people, about getting ahead of a potential attack on your principal. Uh, Sean, what do you think? Is, is, is this something that just should come naturally and we shouldn't really actually be afraid of all these jargon uh, terms like phishing and cyber threats? No, we shouldn't be afraid of them. And like what you just said there, you know, you do need to look at these things. Even if it's just taking a step back when these phishing emails come in, read it. Who is it from? Look at the domain it comes from. Is it really HMRC or is it HMRC dot dot phony email address? 
you know, you have to look at these things, spend a bit of time on your personal security when you're receiving these. I mean, there's so many things. Listen to these these guys who do it as a specialism. It's fantastic with the things that they pick up, changing your usernames and passwords. Don't use the same across the board. Not you tagging all your photos when you're out on ops so people know where you are. There's so many little you know, snippets you can take away what's provided from these guys. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. I mean, imagine you're a chief financial officer and your CEO apparently told you to wire a million dollars somewhere and it was fraud. Well, that's one thing. But imagine you're on an operation and you get this random message, uh, go meet the principal in a random location. They're not there because you've been fished. It's 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 actually not too dissimilar to you know psyops and and counterintelligence. So I think it's uh, it's all to be played for. And as James sets out, we shouldn't be afraid of it. I get it for sure because I know you know in some instances your eyes kind of glaze over and you're like, yo, this tech speak, that's not my wheelhouse. With that said, it's interesting. So when people can show me how I can apply this stuff to the things that I do every day. I can, I can, those takeaways are great. And so the key for me is always, is there someone who can communicate that well enough that I can understand it? Yeah. Also though, is, isn't it a great point that if when you hear a subject raised, you have that startled rabbit in the headlights moment, doesn't that just tell you that, Hey, this is a topic that actually I need to get more educated on that. I need to dig into deeper and really welcome the input of an expert like James and, you know, to be in attendance at events like the convergence forum. Well, brother, that just means I'm a rabbit that's been in a lot of headlights because there's a lot of shit I don't understand. I'm, I'm now with you too. I'm now with you too. And that's why, you know, it's so great that we've got this interview with James. Well, let's hear from James, our frequent Circuit Magazine contributor. Let's bring the pages of the Circuit Magazine to life. And now, let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit Magazine. Okay, we're here with James Bohr, Director of Boys. It's a pleasure to welcome you to the Circuit Magazine podcast. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. It's uh, good to be here, virtually speaking, anyway. Awesome, awesome. Well, we've got a big topic today, but before we get into that, let's do our quick-fire questions. What is your biggest gripe with the industry as it stands? Uh, my biggest gripe is when people start blaming victims of crime or blaming the users rather than blaming the people who are carrying out attacks, who are behind the attacks. There's some really fundamental problems with that approach to things, particularly that it stops people from coming forward talking about their experiences so it suppresses that awareness and it helps the bad guys great no no that's a great sentiment and uh where does your enthusiasm for working in this field actually come from uh, righteous anger i think would probably be the right one uh, i think people are worth protecting and okay i can't do that in the way many of your members do but i can do the information side of it and many companies simply fail to do that properly. Okay. And then rounding off with our third quick fire question, uh, what would you like the other side or your counterparts to better understand, uh, you know, about your work? That 
cybersecurity or information security is not at its base about the technology. It's about people the same way every other form of security is. Disarming. It's not uh, the magic uh, that uh, people are ascribing it with. Um, I like it. Well, we're here with John Moss, uh, editor of The Circuit Magazine, and uh, of course, James Bohr, uh, part of uh, Bohr's. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome you. Uh, John, uh, have you got any wonderful starter for qu- 10 uh, questions for James? Hi, James. It's great to have you on the podcast, and I'm sure many of our listeners will not also know you from your long-standing contributions to the magazine through your column, Cybersecurity Fundamentals, which has been running for how long now? We're just coming up to year two. For anyone who hasn't read James's articles in the magazine, they're fantastic. And uh, what we've done is started very basic, I think uh, it's fair to say, James. Yep. We started off with the core concepts and how to speak to cybersecurity people. Yeah. So literally for people just like me, you know, still got a long way to go before we can consider ourselves knowledgeable, let alone experts. And uh, and, and we've been building up on that issue by issue. And personally, I'm certainly learning a lot. And um, so I wanted to start off, you just recently wrote an article for us, which was in issue 55 of the magazine. And it is uh, about a term emotional phishing. What is that, James? So phishing is scam emails, malicious emails, uh, attempted fraud via email or by phone or various other methods. Essentially, it's some sort of malicious communication. The only reason I use the word emotional in it is because a lot of the time, People talk about phishing as if it's some incredibly sophisticated, clever technical attack against which a person has no defense without expensive software tools and expensive cybersecurity training. Yeah, I was familiar with the term phishing, of course. I think many of us are now, but that was a different dimension. And to help paint that picture just a little bit further, can you give me some examples of when and where we might encounter this type of phishing? Yep. So almost any form of phishing will be trying some sort of emotional hijack, emotional manipulation. Uh, Fear is probably the most common where it's if you don't pay this fine, you will go to jail. There's a load of HMRC scam calls around doing that at the moment. There's ones exploiting COVID in the same way where it's the same sort of fear. Then there's ones which exploit urgency, another aspect of fear, uh, saying, I'm the boss, I need you to do this financial transfer. Others go for greed, others go for various different things. But almost any form of phishing ultimately will be trying to target emotions because that bypasses your rational thinking. You don't take the time to consider it properly. So you respond too quickly and then you're caught up. So why does this threat even exist in the first place? How are we exposing ourselves and what could we do to better prevent this from happening and protect ourselves? This is an extremely old threat. There's nothing new about it. Um, Hundreds of years ago, there were people on street corners using the same sort of scams, the same sort of fraud. The only thing that's exposing us is that communication now is so much easier and you can send a message to 10,000 people with a few clicks of a keyboard. So it's easier to reach people, which means it's become a much more obvious method of attack. The other thing that we're doing is online. There's the joke that no one knows you're a cat online. Um, 
it's largely true. There is a degree of anonymity which makes it even safer to carry out this sort of manipulation. I like it. Um, well, obviously, I don't like that it happens, but I like I like your analogy of it. Um, what specifically is going to happen to the executive of the future, the executive office, the whale, uh, insofar as you know, a lot of the listeners are ending up protecting. Uh, really important people. What specifically do they need to worry about? So there's two aspects to it. One is impersonation of executives, of senior management, of high-profile people, because there's a lot of information on them out there. You can find the type of communications that they do, their style of writing. You can get recordings of their voices quite easily from publicity materials. And it's already happened that phone calls have been made using deepfakes technology uh, to impersonate a CEO of a company and arrange for a transfer. So that's the impersonation angle. The other side of it is where the way all the high-profile target is intended to be the victim rather than a company that they have authority over. And that can be extremely nasty. They are very personal, very targeted uh, attacks. Frankly, your listeners will probably know more about them than I do. I only know about the information side, but the intelligence that people can gather does allow for some very sophisticated attacks. Yeah, that's a bit dangerous, isn't it? Because uh, we know the kidnap and ransom statistics are possibly on the rise in some areas, um, although that could be a bone of contention. We don't need to get into that. Obviously, virtual kidnapping, uh, trickery, it's, it's, it's a massive issue. Uh, John, are you, are you hearing anything of, of that nature in the industry? You know, what's, what's, what's your take on all this? Yeah, well, unlike a few years ago now, we almost have to stop and start with cybersecurity and giving it consideration in almost everything we do. Whereas it's fair to say, I think for a lot of us, it was kind of an afterthought if it was a thought at all. And, and I'm not going back that many years. So I think that highlights what a fast moving threat it is within the security industry. Uh, and, and my biggest concern is always at how well we can keep up with that, especially as physical security specialists. You know, it's easy to focus on training for all of the traditional threats. But now we're faced with this. And this is definitely one of the main factors behind the James's column and why I was so enthusiastic to get James on board and writing for us regular. And certainly for me, and I think for a lot of people out uh, one of the greatest threats is our own knowledge or lack of it and trying to stay up to date. Yeah, because James, maybe this is a good point. Um, cyber isn't scary. I mean, you don't have to be uh, a hacker to be involved in the topic. Uh, is it a case of knowing who to call and uh, simply knowing some of the signs and then you can be you know, half the way there? A lot of it is knowing the signs and being able to call on someone when you need to, the same way you'd call on any other specialist. But just going back to the cyber isn't scary, that's absolutely the case. I'd said right at the beginning that it's a human thing. Cyber attacks, there is a human behind it. We're not dealing with Skynet. We're not dealing with AI taking over the world. There is always going to be a person behind it. There will always be someone with motivations behind it. They just have some specialist capabilities. I think that was really brought home to me in the article that I'm referring to in, in issue 55, James. I think you said in that that the majority of cyber attacks across the board actually start through phishing. And, and that's amazing to me. But that ev even these most widespread, technical, high-level attacks can still start at such a low level. And like you say, with a person, right? Yeah, everyone will be aware, hopefully, of this 
the big Twitter compromise we had recently. That was through a social engineering attack. So ultimately, that was a form of phishing. It was someone talking their way to get access to a system. That system was a comms channel, an internal one where some sensitive details, admin credentials were available. And that was the entirety of the attack. And you saw the effects of it. So it's not a sophisticated technical exploit that can't be defended against. It was someone deceiving other people. Yeah. And for those people that, you know, don't remember that and do frequently perhaps see adverts for just send me uh, your Bitcoin uh, envelope and, and I'll send you loads of Bitcoin. It's still ongoing. It's still a scam that works. It was just the delivery mechanism that was so effective. James, you know, if I'm a close protection professional and I'm hearing that cyber is relevant and I've got to think about it, where should I start? So there's a lot of materials out there on basic cyber. There's a very unhealthy view that it's all about hacking. It's all about penetration testing. It's all about knowing that deep technical stuff. Honestly, I would say the best place to start is the same way you would with any specialist area. Find a specialist buy them a cup of coffee and say, hey, what do you think I should know? James, I think you might have just opened the door to a lot of cups of coffee, but also many, many hours of answering the same questions, I would guess. It's fine. We can always record the answers and make them available. That's the point of the article, after all. Awesome. Well, you know, I guess we want to know what's next, but here's a good question. We've got another quick fire question for you. Um, what piece of advice would you give to your younger self starting out? Don't go into cybersecurity. It's really stressful. It's just an evolving field. There's some fundamental problems with the industry and technology is only getting harder. Uh, learn how to paint. John, uh, is that what you ascribe to, to do as well? Be a painter? Taking that as a little bit tongue in cheek, but I, I also understand where he's coming from. I think, uh, you know, a lot of us find ourselves in that situation where we go into an industry and you can't possibly know what the experience is going to be like and, until you really get into it. Of course, we can talk to people, but with the cybersecurity industry, uh, that's been a little bit more difficult if you were uh, one one of the first to really enter the industry, right? But there has to be some redeeming values, I'm, I'm sure, James. Uh, what are you looking forward to? What is going to improve the industry? And what is going to help make it more attractive for people to come into the industry? The shortage of people is getting attention now. And my answer was tongue-in-cheek. I'd never actually want to leave cybersecurity. Um, I think probably one of the best things I can say about it is, is it's an industry where we are never going to run out of challenges. Yeah, I think essential uh, criteria for anyone coming into the industry is like a bloody good challenge, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You you have to enjoy problem solving. You have to enjoy dealing with challenges. It's not not a relaxing area to work in. And, and would you say there's a certain personality type, traits or skill set that is better suited for coming into cybersecurity or is the industry wide enough to take on anyone? It's just security applied to technology. So it can take on anyone. There's always needs for skills. There's needs for people who can talk to people and train them. There's need for people who can do the technical side of things. There's needs for people who break into offices. Uh, there's red teaming where they actually do that. And I've always wanted to be involved and only been able to go on a red team exercise a couple of times. But every skill set can find a use in cybersecurity if someone's willing to look into it, a bit of retraining and wants to pursue it. 
I guess part of the challenge uh, that we face right now is to bring cybersecurity fully into the security industry and stop looking at it as a kind of distant cousin who you sort of get along with, uh, right? Yeah, I've, I've been to some fantastic events about convergence and about different security areas. Frankly, the whole idea of siloing off different parts of security is probably the biggest problem we've got in cyber. And I suspect that runs across the whole discipline. Yeah, you can only think uh, organized crime uh, doesn't care if loss prevention is a different division to personnel protection. They just want what they want. Um, and then cyber is a, is a whole nother kettle of fish, which they just don't distinguish. If, they, if they're not siloed, why are we? There you go. Well, James, this has been a great tour de force. Uh, I, I hope you've enjoyed our quick fire questions. And, uh, you know, I, what, what, what's next for you? It'd be, it'd be great to get a bit of a, a view of what's next. So there's a few things I'm going into. I'm doing a lot of work on threat modeling at the moment, trying to train people with that. And that's a way to build security into systems um, and a lot of talking, working on a book, a few other little side projects, which will be coming up much more in the new year. Awesome. Well, thanks ever so much. It's been great to talk to you. What a great session. Always a pleasure to talk to James. Uh, you know, cyber, not so scary. Sean, what, what are your thoughts? No, I thought it was a great interview. It's always great to hear from James. It's just a shame it's a podcast and not a video because I love looking at his shirts. Oh, yes. I collect shirts he wears on a regular basis. It's his famous uh, trademark uh, Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it was interesting that he's demystified it a little bit more. I liked where he's, you know, he spoke about the individuals that are carrying out these phishing attacks to be aware that they are targeting people's fears, mm. emotions. So if you do get an email and it's from Barclays Bank and saying, click this link now to, you know, save your account or reset your password, don't click the link, you know, take a pause. If you don't think it's correct, you know, trust your gut because nine times out of 10, it probably won't be. So if it is from Barclays Bank, do your own digging. Go on to Google, contact them via the correct means. Let them know about the email and you'll, it's a surefire way to find out if it is a scam or if it's a legitimate email to yourself. Mm, absolutely. And if you're an organisation that, that's stuck, you know, you get a cyber attack on your organisation, don't panic. There are specialists out there who can help. And James is one of them guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Boars uh, Consultancy, family business, great possibilities. If, if you want to reach out to James, uh, find him online and uh, I'm sure he'll be very pleased to hear from everybody. Well, what have we got coming up? Uh, I know issue 55, uh, where James' article uh, features of the Sega magazine is, 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 is coming up. But, uh, but what else should people know, uh, Sean? Well, we have your event, Pellin, the sixth annual CP Technology Forum, which this year will be online. I'm really looking forward to that. I love visiting it in person every year. Unfortunately, this year, due to COVID, it will be online. But I've been to many of your online events, and they're equally as great. So I'm looking forward to that one. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. Yeah, this this uh, year we're using the uh, medium of uh, virtual conferences to call it a global connections conference. Uh, we're connecting colleagues in the CPEP world from Australia uh, on a special panel. Uh, Mexico has a special panel. The Germans have a special panel. We've got a special Middle East panel, and, and of course, you know, colleagues that uh, everyone knows and loves from from uh, around the world. Um, that's twenty uh, eighth of January, so that that's just next week. Um, what what about uh, the BBA Connect app? Uh, lots of success happening there. Lots of discussions and uh, and, and media. Uh, what, what's going on there, Sean? For those of you who don't know, the Circuit Magazine partners with the British Bodyguard Association and we've just launched the BBA Connect app, which allows us to connect the community, receiving all sorts of great feedback on that at the moment. 
If you're not a member, please take a look. You can get it from the Apple iTunes Store or the Android Play Store. Um, even if you're not a member, you can join, look into the community. If you like what you see, then you can sign up and become a paid member and have access to more features. But yeah, take a look, BBA Connect. Awesome. Well, there you go. That's cyber and physical in convergence already. Uh, uh, James James uh, is uh, prophetic in that respect. Um, this has been a fantastic uh, podcast and we very much look forward to seeing you next time. Uh, let's uh, encourage people to subscribe so they don't miss an episode. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.